Welcome to the Strength and Dignity Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Bromley. During our time together, we will delve into all things relating to abuse, particularly domestic abuse. As a woman who has experienced abuse from the woman's perspective, this podcast is geared toward women and the unique challenges she faces when she finds herself in an abusive situation. What happens when she seeks godly counsel? Must she remain in bondage? Is she to blame for her abuse? It's time to find our voice and shine a light on an area which many want to keep in the dark. Let's dive in. Thank you for joining me on today's episode, where we will be discussing whether or not an abuser can change. I think this might be a topic where people hold some differing viewpoints, and we might not all agree, but I'm going to do my very best to tackle this and share what I believe to be truth on a controversial subject matter. So let's just get right to it. Can an abuser change? I believe the answer to that question is yes. God can change any heart. And in fact, he is the only one who can change a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. It's what he does. Now, please hear me out if you disagree, because there is a whole lot more to this and it's not cut and dried by any means. God can change anyone, anyone who wants to change. And to want change, one must first acknowledge that they have an issue They must first, in other words, acknowledge their sin and be willing to turn from it. Remember, free will is central in God's plan for humanity. Statistically speaking, do abusers usually change? No, they do not. Having the capacity and the ability to change does not ensure change. Many factors make an abuser, and there are often behaviors and attitudes that are learned over time, over a lifetime, I should say, and lifelong patterns, as we all know and have experienced, are hard for most of us to change. But beyond that, there is a sense of entitlement that makes an abuser especially prone to remaining stuck. Their distorted thinking sees everyone else as the problem, paints them as the eternal victim, and allows them to believe that they are somehow entitled to their behaviors and actions, no matter how bad those actions might be. There is also this one-up mentality, where they can never allow themselves to be vulnerable, at least not for very long, as it puts them in a place where you can get one-up on them. In their mind, that is your purpose. All is a competition and they must win at all costs. There are so many layers of dysfunction in this thinking that it simply doesn't lend to an abuser actually seeing themselves as wrong. So how can they ever truly seek the deep will and consistent effort it takes to truly change? Sometimes a rock-bottom situation might lead them to some soul-searching and introspection, repentance and of a pleading with God to change their heart. Sadly, though, this seems to be rare. Does it happen? Absolutely. I've certainly had enough women reach out to me through my blog that their situation turned around to be willing to completely ignore that possibility. 
So while I'll always say yes, God can change anyone, even an abuser, I will also always add extreme caution and a huge but. That but being, it doesn't often happen. It just doesn't. Not because God is not able, but because the party in question is not willing to be honest and accountable and truly broken and repentant before God. As long as a person is making excuses for their bad behaviors, their apologies hold no weight. A man admitting that he's been abusive and yet adding any number of buts to the equation is just talking. He's manipulating. True repentance, especially in matters such as this, does not seek to minimize the gravity of what was done by placing blame on another person. As long as excuses are being made, I promise you change is not going to come about. And this brings up yet another layer to the issue of abusers not often changing. Time and time again, when an abuser seeks to make excuses, they have all too many people rallying around them to help enforce and validate those excuses. So you see, their dysfunction is working for them, essentially. Why change? If important people in their life are co-signing with them as they make these excuses, this only serves to solidify their deep-seated need to win and to be right and to remain a victim. What feels better to our flesh? Being right or correction? Continuing our comfortable life as usual or embarking on the arduous path of personal responsibility and painstaking change. They choose the path of least resistance and welcome the ear-tickling, flesh-feeding voices of agreement that aid them along in their feelings of entitlement. When you take a person that already has disordered or flawed thinking patterns, who wants to remain a victim, and then add to that a cast of characters who helps them remain a victim, you have a recipe for destruction, as that person is going to continue to seek out these type of voices and connections. Just think about how many people become enablers to the perpetrator. Friends, family, mother, father, new love interest perhaps, and even church leadership. I believe this is an enormous part of the reason why abusers usually don't change. There are simply too many people who are willing to go along with their accountability-avoiding stories. It helps maintain a vicious, destructive, dysfunctional cycle, the cycle of abuse. Most people need that element of allies to thrive, and they have no difficulty acquiring the people to play along in their story. Now, you might say that these abusers are master manipulators, And they are. And you might say that all of these enablers are also mere victims to their manipulation. Perhaps. But I beg to differ that that is most often the case. Many enablers know better, but have become willingly complicit for various reasons. And that is a whole other Pandora's box that we could open up and dissect for hours. Let's return to that box another time. I don't want to go off track here. 
The bottom line is that when lifelong thinking patterns are encouraged by people around us, aka enabling, there's just not a hopeful outlook for change. So with all of that said, while I won't deny that it's true that an abuser can change, it's not the message I focus on, because even if it's true and there is some small possibility, I don't believe that any woman needs to remain in a dangerous situation where the outlook is grim or unknown at best. An abusive man can lose everything, hit rock bottom and still not learn, look within, or grow. In my own circumstance, my ex-husband used to talk about how devastated and depressed he was over his first wife leaving. He told me on multiple occasions that there were times where he didn't even want to live anymore. He sobbed as we talked about it, and I of course was empathetic. He was a master at painting her as the villain, while he was just an innocent workaholic victim, simply trying to provide her with the life that she wanted, as she never appreciated it and looked elsewhere for love. How was I to know at the time how he had twisted this story? How he conveniently left out the minor detail of how she endured his abusive behavior and explosive anger for 18 years? I know what I went through in just a short time in our marriage, and I cannot even imagine how painful and damaging 18 years of such behavior can be. And to have some of those enablers that we talked about be your own family? Yes, he was always so proud and smug at how many of her own family members chose him, in his words. Interestingly, these exact tactics and this exact storyline were used with me after I left. Enlisting and befriending my family in an attempt to depict me as unstable, a Jezebel, and a woman seeking male attention from anywhere that I could. He even put a tracking device on my vehicle after I left. Why? Because he just couldn't fathom that I was leaving for any reason other than to be with another man. Yes, for weeks after I moved out into my own home, he had a tracking device on my vehicle unbeknownst to me, and yet he found no proof of his allegations. But he was desperate to make that storyline true. And my point? Not after one wife leaving, and no, not after two even. Was this man ever able to take full ownership of what he had done and how he had treated not one but two women? And he was able to keep his previous enablers as well as enlist some more. Even people who I used to call family, people who he used to talk about, who I had to distance myself from for my own protection and mental well-being. This is what narcissistic abuse looks like, and I can tell you from personal experience that many of these enablers, otherwise known as flying monkeys, knew very well the tendencies of this man. Many had seen things firsthand. Many had been shown proof of abuse. They still chose to remain complicit. Remember that Pandora's box I mentioned? No, we won't open it now. But I will say this, people choose to enable when they know better, 
because they are getting something out of being an enabler and staying in good graces with the abuser. There is generally some type of a reward, for lack of a better term, that they aren't willing to give up or jeopardize. These type of rewards can come in the form of love or acceptance in the case of a child. It could be job security in a workplace setting. It could be the need to be needed in the case of a parental enabler. It could even be free work and favors, as was the case for many of the flying monkeys in this man's life. This will be a great topic to really dig into on its own at a later date. There are many reasons people become flying monkeys or enablers. Too many times, people know full well what is going on, but for their own selfish reasons, turn a blind eye. It is not always that they've been manipulated. Sometimes, but not always. Now let's look at another possible aspect of why abusers rarely change. Perhaps many abusers don't change because their hearts have been hardened. Yes, God himself hardens hearts. But what does that mean? He is a loving God, isn't he? Why would he harden a heart? Remember that free will I mentioned earlier? Could he merely be giving a person over to their own selfish desires? Their own stubborn desires? The Hebrew word for hardening actually used when referring to Pharaoh's infamous hardened heart is huzak, which means to strengthen. So we could rightly read the passage to mean that God strengthened Pharaoh's own desire or will. I do believe this comes into play. God is constantly trying to get our attention through various means. How many times can we knowingly choose what is wrong when we know what is right? How many times can we willfully disobey without remorse? How many people's lives can we turn upside down in our wake of destruction with no care, concern, or accountability? How many lies can we tell to cover up our own sin? How many smear campaigns can we run on others before we provoke God to anger? He is a just and righteous God after all. I believe with repetitive, unrepentant abuse, he will eventually come to the point where he says, Okay, you want to live like this? Treat people this way? Destroy your relationships and remain prideful? then I am going to give you exactly what your heart desires, and you will reap the sad, lonely consequences of those choices. Can God's mercy still prevail? Can he still decide to soften that same heart? Of course he can. But I guess the better question to ask yourself is do you want to be a bystander to that battle between that person and God? Maybe a better and certainly safer option for you might be to step away and allow God to handle them. You work on you. Seek peace and healing for your own heart and life, and let God work in that person's life. You don't necessarily need to stay in the ring. Now I will say that the decision of whether or not you remain in your union should be between you and God. It's a very personal decision, and I recognize that all circumstances are a little bit different. But what I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that your spouse is in direct violation of his vows 
and of God's commands if He is inflicting abuse on you. God will not be mad if you go. I am confident in saying that. Maybe for you it will be separation, maybe divorce. There are so many questions you will be asking yourself, and there are definitive indicators that can help you know if yours is one of those rare cases where there might be hope. Maybe you're like me and you already left. Are you still healing? I know it can take so long. I'm still healing in many ways. There is so much to dig out from. And let's not forget about the stigma and the shame. If you know, you know. Maybe you are fully healed, and if you are, praise God. But healing really is a very personal journey, and we may all be at different stages. And let me not forget about you, the one listening who hasn't maybe been a victim of abuse. But since one in three women worldwide will experience abuse at some time, chances are that if it's not you, it will touch your life somehow. I hope this podcast can help you understand the topic a little bit better so that you will be equipped to handling it if it comes about in some way. When we understand, we can be so much more empathetic and empathy is always a great starting point when someone comes to us for guidance. In summary, can an abuser change? Yes, he can. He more than likely, though, will not. You don't have to continue to live this way. If you are in an abusive situation, please find support and local resources from qualified individuals who will understand I'm rooting for you, and more importantly, I'm praying for you. Thank you for being here and for joining me on this journey of healing, hope, and understanding. Join me next time when we will talk about the topic of, should I stay or should I go? How can I be sure? We will talk about what it might look like if there is hope. It's something a pastor shared with me that was life-changing. Please head over to the She is Clothed with Strength and Dignity Facebook page and hit follow. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any content. Until next time, my sweet warriors, take care of yourself. You are worth it. You are precious in the eyes of God.